Super Talk Mississippi media production. Pre-record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two. Roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good Tuesday afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. This is Bob Getty and Luke Johnson. We're in the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel, and we're glad you're with us wherever you're tuned in across the uh, Super Talk Radio Network online. Uh, we're glad to have you on board this afternoon. we got a great show for you today. Heath Hinton will be joining us from Big Gold Nation. got a really special guest uh, coming up here momentarily, but uh, first I want to thank Dickie's Barbecue Pit for their support of our show. Uh, they're always there serving delicious food seven days a week. They'll cater any event, so if you've got a 4th of July deal coming up, Dickie's would be the place to go. All right, we're really happy to have Neville Barr on the show with us today. Uh, Coach Barr, as we know him, is part of the Super Talk family. He and uh, Joey Hawkins host the Inside the Locker Room show on uh, Hattiesburg and Laurel stations Thursday night. Coach Barr was a wide receiver for the Golden Eagles from 1970 to 1975 and became a legendary high school football coach before his retirement, winning the state championship in 2013 at Oak Grove with Brett Favre as the offensive coordinator and Kirk McCarty. As the quarterback, Coach Barr is a golden eagle to the bone. And, Coach Barr, we're glad to have you on the Eagle Hour. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure. It's an honor to be here. 1970 to 75, you told me something interesting. I'd kind of forgotten about that, and Luke is too young to know about this. But right. there was a, there was a time that, that you had a freshman football team and a varsity football team. Talk about that just a second, Coach. Well, and I think it was – I think it was 75 or was it 76? I don't know, Luke. Y'all know that better when, when they actually started letting the freshmen play. But yeah, you had a, you know, you had a freshman schedule and, uh, and everybody did that. I mean, it didn't matter Alabama, Georgia, whoever, everybody played, you know, freshman, freshmen couldn't play on the varsity. So you, everybody played fresh. When you were a freshman, you played your freshman schedule. Now you played in my, I know you played for coach Underwood cause you and I were visiting the other night. And you told me that you also played for Bobby Collins, correct? Well, Bobby Collins came in. I was actually leaving when Bobby Collins came in, so I never played for Coach Collins. Mm-hmm. But I, I was there at the first meeting that he came to when the players that were, you know, because we were already leaving. So, uh, but yeah, I thought the world of Bobby Collins. Of course, Coach Underwood, I, I really enjoyed playing for him and, and, and thought he was a, a great man. Was he as tough and mean as his reputation? Yeah, yes. more so probably, yeah. <laughs> I, I was scared to death of him. There's, there's no question. It was the only coach I've ever really been just scared of. And how so, Coach Barr? Well, because he was just, he just, he was tough, and he looked tough, and he just, you know, he, you just have to see his body build, how he, you know, and he, but, but I really liked playing for him because, you know, I mean, he, he was a, you know, I mean, he, he really wanted just toughness, which is, you know, which is what the game of football is about, and he, he just. Uh, he was fun to play for, but he was also, uh, I mean, you know, he, he was just that type of individual that, that demanded instant respect from his toughness. Right. Luke, get in here with Coach Barr. 
How many times, Coach Barr, did you use the five Ps, uh, quoting P.W. Underwood, proper preparation prevents poor performance in your coaching <laughs> career at Summerall Peddler in Oak Grove? Well, that, that's true. You know, matter of fact, one year I had Coach Underwood, the very first year I was at Oak Grove, I actually had him come out and speak to the team. And, of course, he's, by this time, I forgot how old Coach Underwood was, maybe 60 by then or 65, I don't know. He was older then, of course, and he – but he spoke to the team, and you know the way Coach Underwood, he would start off and he was talking to our kids, and he, and he, and he, he got them out there, you know, and he was talking about things like he said, you, you know, you got to be, guys, you got, well, you got to have leaders, and you got to have, and you got to, you know, and he started that real loud voice, and you could see they just like, oh, man. So a bunch of them told me afterwards, though, they said, uh, they said, Coach, my gosh, that guy was scary. And this is when he, and I said, well, y'all should have, should have known him when he was about 40 and 45 and you would you know so but he definitely got their attention and uh so yeah he he was he was a good one during skit night during two days john eubanks one time dressed it up like pw underwood and if you can imagine he stuffed his cheeks full of (laughs) cotton and started growling Uh, at us uh it was great, great stuff what um what do you what do you remember the week of and the week of after of September twenty sixth, nineteen seventy? Uh, I'm sorry, October seventeenth, nineteen seventy, when uh, the Eagles took down Archie Manning and the Ole Miss Rebels. Wow. Well, you know, I was I was in Purvis listening to the game because I was a freshman that year, and uh, but matter of fact, we had him on the air the other day. But one of the defensive ends that day was David Earl Johnson, who was uh, who also I played with at Purvis. Very undersized defensive end, one of the toughest people I've ever met. Just played the game, you know, looked the way you want it to be played. You know, he just played it all out, every play, just refused to be blocked. Was about 175 pounds. I just remember he had a couple sacks on Archie. But it was a special day. I, I think I got more phone calls and different people, you know, going, could you believe? Can you believe what happened this afternoon? You know, so, yeah. And, and I remember we all – Met the, the team back when they when they came in from from Oxford. You know everybody. There was a big crowd there, so it, it was a special game. I, you know, got to be one of the biggest upsets in Southern Miss's history. Now, and coach, when you were playing too, uh, Southern Miss played all what we would call the big boys in today's world of college football. Am I right about that? Yes, and I'm I'm glad you mentioned that for you know, Coach Underwood. We didn't all you know we had a bunch of six and fives and five and sixes and that, but but we really played a pretty good schedule. You know, I was telling somebody just the other day, you know, we some of the guys I played with, I mean, like Clint Tapper and Ray Guy. and, and uh, But, you know, we had two guys. I remember we had Eugene Bird was a corner on, on those teams. And uh, he was a walk-on from Biloxi. And he played eight or nine years for the Dolphins. And then you had Carl Allen from Hattiesburg, Mississippi. He was a walk-on at Southern Miss. And he played several years for the St. Louis Cardinals. And you had Fred Cook down there in Pascagoula who played nine or ten years for the Baltimore Colts and was an all-pro. You had John Sawyer, who was a tight end from in this area, not you know right over the Louisiana line, and he played years for the Tampa Bay. You had Mike Dennery, who played for Oakland for years. So there was a lot of tough-nosed players, especially on that defensive side of the ball. And an NFL Hall of Famer to be, right, with Ray Guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, when you look at punting, the greatest punter of all time. Right. He was more than that, though, wasn't he, Coach? He was just a heck of an athlete. He was a free safety for the Golden Eagles and a really good one, wasn't he? He was. Matter of fact, look, he, I know when he was a junior or something, he led the nation in, in – or he was tied with eight. In, but, you know, I was telling me and Dave Earl when we were talking the other night, 
Ray Guy would hit you too, and he didn't look like it. You know how skinny Ray was. Even then, he's just he was skinny. Matter of fact, people when we'd play Alabama or people like that, and we'd have a walk through the night before. I mean, there'd be a, a crowd of people, and especially the other team's players. A lot of times would come out and just to watch him punt. I mean, it was almost <laughs> it was almost unbelievable to see him punt. People would come watch that. Did but you hear you know, that, Luke? They, they never, they never did that for me, Coach. They never, not once. <laughs> well, did well, Luke, I do want to say you were a heck of a punter, and you know, punting is one of those things where all my coaching career, I just want to tell you, Luke, I love long snappers and punters because punters, and people don't always think about this, but that's field position. If you get somebody that can punt good, like you were a great punter at Southern Miss, and uh, and Ray Guy, people like that. Defensive coaches love great punters and long snappers who get it back there quick so you can cover without having to block too long. Coach, now Luke says punters are people too. Is that true? <laughs> they they are. I mean, hey, I, like I said, I love punters and long snappers. I like them both because they, they meant field position. So, uh, hey, you know, there was a few that – well, really it was more the kickers that some of them were a little bit on the strain side, but – but uh, but I love them too. And you know this punter of ours, he just about two weeks ago ran a what was it, Luke? A five one forty. Coach, you'd be proud of me. At, at uh, thirty eight years old, slightly overweight. Emphasis on the slightly. I ran a five two forty laser the other day. Dang, that's pretty good, Luke. That is pretty good. <laughs> Tell him the rest of the story, Luke. Then I uh, partially uh, tore my my hamstring and getting that right now. But look, Mike Vick run like a four seven a month before that, so I felt good. Bob, did, did you notice? I couldn't tell what Coach Barr said. I'm not sure if he said I was a heck of a punter or I was a heavy punter. It it, it got going. I, I couldn't now, tell. I couldn't tell. Luke, you were a great punter. That's exactly what I said. There's anybody that gives their team great field position is a great punter. Correct. That's right. Well, Coach, I, if, if, are you in a big hurry? I'd like to hold you over because we wanted to talk no, no, to I'm you. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. All right. We want to talk to you about your state championship team and uh, Kirk McCarty in particular, who's uh, who's one of our very favorite guests. He's been on the show multiple times with us. He's one of those easy guests, too, Coach. We ask him a question. We turn off the mics. And, you know, when we get near the end of the break, we interrupt him and uh, get to the commercial. So we want to – we want to talk to you about Kirk McCarty, who's just an outstanding young man and about to become, it appears, a major league baseball pitcher. So what a fascinating story. Your quarterback about to make the big leagues as a pitcher. We're talking to legendary coach Neville Barr, former Golden Eagle wide receiver, and we're happy to have him on the Eagle Hour. We'll continue right after this short break. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back to the show. You know, earlier today I was at Campus Bookmark down on Hardy Street. Had a great visit with uh, Kathleen. Uh, great staff of young girls working down there. And I uh, want to just let everybody know, 
I've never seen more merchandise in the store than what I saw today. They got a lot of special stuff in there for Father's Day. Uh, what a great idea to go down to a campus bookmark on Hardy Street and buy something for your dad, some Golden Eagle swag. Biggest, biggest selection of Southern Miss hats I've ever seen. They've got new kids stuff in and football stuff coming in each and every day. So campus bookmark, campusbookmark.net. Great stop for Father's Day and uh just so grateful to them for their support of the Eagle Hour. Coach Neville Barr is with us. Uh, won the uh, state championship at Oak Grove High School. We all remember that very well around here. 14-1, 2013, uh, they win it all. And uh, talk about a Southern Miss connection. Coach Barr is the head coach. Brett Favre is the offensive coordinator. And Kirk McCarty uh, is the quarterback. So, I mean, we could talk about both of those guys all day. But but I want to I wanna ask you about Kirk McCarty. He's been on the show a lot. And, we really think a lot of him. He's just a great young man and a great personality. But, Coach, what's it like to have a kid that played quarterback for you in high school to be right on the verge of becoming a major league baseball pitcher? Are you surprised by that? No, I'm really not totally surprised by it. But I will tell you this, and this is something I've always thought about. When I was at Pedals, they had some great teams, and we had some great, and we had a few great quarterbacks who were who were. Uh, great baseball players, and I'm, I'm talking about unbelievable athletes. And Pedals had some before and after since then, and so has Oak Grove, and so has I was in West Virginia and everywhere I've ever been. But none of them have ever, only one guy in all those years I ever had to make it all the way to the major leagues that, that played football for me and played baseball. And it was a kid named Stanley Fansler in uh, Elkins, West Virginia. So it's hard to make the major leagues, even as a you know, even as a great athlete. But it doesn't surprise me with Kirk. It, it really doesn't. What is it about Kirk McCarty that, that separates him from the pack, Coach Barr? Well, I can tell you, he's, he for one thing, he's a he's a team player. I'm going to say that right off the bat about him. I mean, he's extremely smart, and he's 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 a winner. He's gritty. He's tough. And, you know, when the players see uh, other players, uh, that's a big thing. When they see your – you know, your leader's got to be somebody that's out there every day, somebody that you know wants to win, somebody that – and Kurt was always one of those that would try to help anybody else. Like I said, he's just the ultimate team guy, uh, very unselfish player, and, uh, and, and, that, and that, that's where your leaders come from. You know, Coach Barry's told us many times that he loves kids that have played football on his baseball team because it well, it, add, it adds some toughness that they bring to the game of baseball. And uh, Kirk kind of had that, at least from my observation, on the pitching mound. I mean, he was, you know, he was he was when when he and Taylor Braley were on the team together, it was almost like having two linebackers on the on the baseball team. If that makes any sense. Yeah, you're right. And matter of fact, we talk about that's another one. That that guy was. I remember when Taylor Braley. It took two people to block him, so he always left somebody else free, and that was big. You know, Taylor, Taylor Braley played down there, right at, in the nose at tackle on defense. He was nobody realized how important he was to that team, and Taylor was different from uh, uh, Kurt. In like Kurt, you know, would would talk to you know he he was talking that. Taylor didn't say a whole lot. He let his, his on-the-field play and do a lot of his, you know, that's where people saw just how much effort. But when, when we would be in a big game, like we played pedal at halftime one year, and, and Taylor said, Coach, 
I want to say something to the to the team, and and uh, and of course I let him, and and and, that, and I'll never forget it. It still sends me chill bumps if I think about it, just what he said. And I'm not going to say on the air exactly what he said. I mean, it was basically, I'm going to when we leave this game, you know, I'm not going to be able to walk off this field because every ounce is going to be on it, and I want every ounce of every player in this room. I want you to go to, you know, I want mm-hmm. you to be the same way I am. You can't move after this game. Because you put every ounce into it, I'll never forget that. And it kind of really, but Taylor was a leader in himself, just like Kurt, but in two different ways. Right, and two great college baseball players. No, yes. <laughs> no arguing about that. All right, Luke, get back in here with Coach Barr. Coach, uh, you just had the understatement of the century. All you said was Kurt McCarty talks. That's all you said. There was nothing <laughs> added to that at all. I guess uh, I, I guess you can give us the inside scoop. It's been eight nine years since you guys won that. Did uh, when when he and uh, Brett Favre got into it? Was it ever like really intense, or or did uh, Kirk kind of calm down when he was around the Hall of Famer? No, it, it was really it was a good relationship because uh, you know and, and Kirk was you know I had to kind of talk. You know, Brett helped me that one year because I was in a bind and I had lost. Uh, I lost my offensive coordinator. We lost our offensive line coach. It was about a, about a week before football started. Brett was retired, so I said, Brett, I, I really need you, you. I know you've wanted to try to coach, and I really need you to be the offensive coordinator. I mean, I, I really want you to do it. And uh, so and so he did it that first year and did a great job, but he wasn't going to do it with that one year. So I told him over that summer, because he had decided that was it. He was going to do it the one year. But I told him all that summer. I kept telling him over the summer, and I, you know, and in the in the winter, I said, "Look, you know, we got everybody coming back, and and, and we, you know, we got experienced quarterback. We got a great chance of winning this state championship." And uh, so finally, I got you know Brett to come back because I wanted him to, to kind of finish with Kurt, and, and he did. And uh, but yeah, they worked good together. But uh, you know, a lot of times, of course, you know, Kurt Kurt was pretty smart, and a lot of times I'd be thinking when. You know, like if Kurt wanted to do this, and I would think, you know, you'd listen to him because if he wanted to do something, he saw something on the field. You pretty much knew it was it was probably going to work. Yeah. What is it like having Brett Favre as an offensive coordinator? How how long well, does I mean, the leash go on that? It was coach? a lot of fun, and <laughs> and really, Luke, the reason we did that, and I mean, a lot of people say, but because just because you're an NFL player, and I think you would know this. I don't care how great you was. It don't mean you're going to be a good coach. But, see, Brett had sure. been out there throwing with us for several years, and I saw how he interacted with the players. That was number one thing. And Brett had such enthusiasm. And to me, that's a key part of being a great coach is, is the enthusiasm that you have and the players see it. And plus, the third thing was Brett knew our offense. I mean, you know, we didn't run the Green Bay Packer offense. Uh, Brett knew Oak Grove's offense, and he loved it, you know, because it was shotgun, throwing every down, never under center, you know. So he loved it, and he knew our offense. And what we actually did, we let him, because he was having, you know, because when he would talk to the kids, he would use his terms. So for that one year, we just, we were still running what we'd always ran, but we used his terms. I said, Brett, we'll just use your terms. Those players will pick that up quicker than, then you'll have to pick up learning how we say something. But he knew what we did and the concepts of what we did. And, and like I said, Brett did a great job. And I always thank him for stepping in there when I was a week away from 
because I thought, well, I'm going to have to go back to being an offensive coordinator again. And I hadn't been, I hadn't done that for a long time. At the time, I knew I could have, but, but uh, you know, as a head coach, there's so many other things you need to do, and the morale of the team and everything else. So Brett stepped in and did a, did a great job. And uh, and you know, and I always remember the, the the day I asked him to do it, he didn't tell me yes right off the bat. He said, well, let me go home and talk to Deanna. Let me go think about this. So he comes back the next day, and we meet up there at the field house. I said, well, did you? He said, I want to ask you one question. He said, am I going to have to come up on Sundays like y'all do? And, and you know, with all the weight, all the stuff, he said, am I going to have to come up there? And, you know, Saturday, Sunday, what, and all that. And am I going to do that? And I said, if you're going to be the opposite coordinator, you're going to have to do all that. And then he said, now, let me get this straight. You're, you're, you, you want me to be up there seven days a week for about three or four months. And he said, and you're not going to pay me anything, right? And I said, no, we're not going to pay anything. <laughs> and he said, and uh, – and he said, I'm going to miss some hunting and stuff. He said, so you want me to do this for no pay? Is that, am I understanding all this? And I said, yeah. And he said, I'm in. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so he was, uh, of course, he was teasing on that, of course. But, right. How did but, he make I mean, it financially through all that? that. And we had fun with it. I knew it was going to be fun having him there for, and I knew it was going to be a short term, and, uh, but, but it was fun. How did he make it financially through that, uh, through that stretch, Coach? I don't know. He just had to go without <laughs> out pay. Deanna had to, you know. But make it of up. Of course, for Deanna him, was. You know, you got to. Deanna was great too in letting Brett even even do all that, and she loved Brett doing that. Right. And uh, because and the biggest thing was, like I said, it's. I'm going to tell you right now. It just because you get an NFL player, I don't care who they were. You'd have to still get the right one. That's enthusiasm. That knows what you're doing. And uh, believes in the same things you're doing, and uh, and it's just and, and like I said, Brett, his dad was a coach, so see, right. he's been around it since he was a kid, right? And, uh, and and all those factors is why it worked. Yeah, great story. Brett Favre's a hometown guy. There's no question about that. He he like you, coaches, a Golden Eagle, and uh, and loves living here in Hattiesburg, and and we're grateful that both of you are here. Coach, it was a fantastic conversation with you, and we're going to invite you back some more if you're willing to share some time with us here as we get closer to football. Oh, absolutely, and uh, I'm excited about Southern Miss football. I'm excited about – I really am, you know. Well, we're going to you know get I you – football. Yeah, we'll get you back and talk about Southern Miss football in the modern day here in the next few weeks. And thank you I'd again, sir, it. for your time. Thank you. All right, Coach Neville Barr, everybody, on the Eagle Hour. We're going to catch up with Heath Hinton and Kelly Sander. Don't go anywhere. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Greatly appreciate Neville Barr, former football head coach at Summerall Pedal, and finally at Oak Grove, former Southern Miss football player. Appreciate his time on the Eagle Hour today. This is the third segment on this Tuesday, and it's brought to you every day by Fourth Street. Bar and Grill Trivia returns next Wednesday, June 23rd at 8 p.m. Always something going on at lunch, 8.95 lunch. That comes with a drink every single day at 4th Street Bar and Grill in 
Hattiesburg. Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Laurel in Hattiesburg. Heath Hinton joins us now. And Heath, right before we came on air today, Golden Eagles get another offensive line uh, commit. Tell us about Will Saxton and tell us about the other two uh, commits over the weekend, the defensive end from Florida, and then uh, Peyton McKinnon, the ginormous uh, junior college tackle from Gulf Coast, which uh, everybody seems to be saying is a big get for the Golden Eagles. Tell us about these new commits. Sure. Will Saxton is uh, uh, what I always call an inside three, a guard or center, uh, 6'4", 3'16", out of uh, Benton Academy. Uh, young man, I believe at one time, was committed to uh, Florida Atlantic and, and pulled his commitment. But now he uh, wants to be a member of Southern Miss. Look, a guy that, you know, is he a guy that can come in and play in his first year? Maybe so. We'll see. But Big-time commitment for Will Hall, especially after this past weekend when you look at uh, McKinnon coming in from Gulf Coast Community College, who will be here in the uh, fall. Young man, just if you look at if you look at his size, I mean, he's 6'7", uh, 320 pounds. I mean, this is a kid who is a, t- a tackle, has really good feet, uh, I like this pickup. I like it pick up a lot, especially when you're looking at creating depth on the offensive line this year or a guy in McKinnon who can step in and play immediately. Two very good gets. And then, of course, the um, Elias Fuvai from Pensacola Catholic, uh, defensive end, 6'3", 240 pounds. I got to speak to him uh, the other day, going to be doing a recruiting article on him and you know, he has a heck of a family lineage. You're talking about a guy who his family is the rock. The wrestler's the rock. Roman Reigns, uh, the Usos. For all those older guys, the Wild Samoans, Rikishi, uh, those are his family. Uh, so a guy that comes from a long line of people who play college ball, for those who don't know, the rock uh, played University of Miami and also Roman Reigns played at Georgia Tech. So there is a long lineage of really strong athletes in that family, and he's coming in. So very exciting stuff for Coach Hall, especially after the camps they've had. They seem to be really successful. So uh, they're really hitting the ground running and being able to recruit again. We should make mention that he uh, and Saxon are 2022 commits, but McKinnon, yes. on the other hand, uh, can can play um, this year. And, and again, uh, you look at the, the commits, everyone except Pensacola, Florida, Heath Hinton, is from the state of Mississippi off the 2022. A bunch of them are three stars. And t- talk about, though, how important it is for a weekend like this past weekend when you get so many prospects on your campus in Hattiesburg. Well, you think about it, it's a way to get prospects in to visit your campus without it being a visit, an official or an unofficial visit. So those guys that were really happy about and excited what they saw, you can now bring them in again. So you don't waste a visit on a kid that may that you may not uh, be high on his list. But you bring them in as a camp setting. They see your facilities. They get really excited about what you got. Then you bring them in on an official or an unofficial visit. So that's what makes camp so important. And it also gives the coaches a chance to see these guys, see what their athletic ability is. You can only see so much on film. But if you get to watch them in person, get to know them out on the field, uh, you get to know their personality, you kind of get to know what they're like a little bit, you can ask them questions. It's really important. And don't think Coach Hall is not out there because uh, 
seen a couple of videos of him, and he's still got a cannon on that right arm, uh, dropping dimes out there and uh, doing drills with these uh, guys in the camp. So the camps are important because it opens up kids to your program. And even because they haven't been able to recruit the past year and a half like they want to, it's a big deal to get these guys in here and Coach Hall can show these kids what Southern Miss has, what his vision is, and then, you know, go from there and find it. And then they can narrow it down and see what kids they want to go after. Heath, what's the biggest difference you see at this point uh, in, in the new football staff and particularly the head coach? The biggest difference you see in their, their recruiting approach and the way they're handling uh, the kids on the team? Uh, one thing, uh, I think, you know, Luke just said it, they're recruiting Mississippi really, really hard. Uh, they're making a point to recruit this area. You look at his last signing class, you look at his future one, just like Luke said, a lot of kids from Mississippi. Um, as far as what they're doing, it seems like that Coach Hall and his staff, number one, they care not that the coaches didn't care for their kids, but there's just a different type of openness with the athletes and what they do. And it seems a little bit different the way they're teaching them. I saw a kid um, literally saw a homeless guy, and he went and made sure he had something to eat and some clothes. It's a football player. How special is that? Hmm. Um, also, you see Coach Hall's always talks about attitude, and there, Southern Miss has been missing that old Southern Miss swagger that was back in the 80s and when Bauer was here. That was a swagger to Southern Miss football team. And I think you're starting to see that back with uh, Coach Hall bring a swagger to this team, bring an edge, an attitude. I think that's the biggest difference I've seen so far. All right, Luke, uh, let's switch gears here for a second. Some more – we had big news last week at Rice University with the new baseball coach, but some pretty big news about Rice uh, personnel-wise uh, I think you were going to ask Heath about. Absolutely, uh, Heath. Uh, came out yesterday, Luke McCaffrey, who is Christian McCaffrey's little brother, started his career at Nebraska, played a lot last year as a freshman. Looked like he was going to transfer to Louisville and uh, I, I guess kind of went up there and thought he would be down the depth chart. So he is uh, he is going on to Rice. Uh, McCaffrey will be competing for the starting uh, quarterback position. Of course, Mike Bloomgren, head coach at Rice, coached Christian when he was the OC, OC at Stanford. So Luke McCaffrey, 6'2", 180, originally from Highlands Ranch, Colorado. Coming out of high school, had offers from Nebraska, Colorado, Colorado State, Duke, Michigan, Ole Miss, North Carolina, Ohio State, UCLA, Virginia, Washington, and Western Kentucky, Heath. What does it mean, not just uh, to have you know talent like that at a, in a CUS a CUSA West school, but I mean you know the the lineage there, Dad, Ed, brother Christian. Uh, this kind of puts Conference USA possibly in a bigger national spotlight now. Well, sure it does. Anytime you get a, a big time former uh, star in the NFL, their kid going to a school, it's going to add attention. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what he does. I do think Rice is a program on its way up. I think their head coach uh, is a really good coach, and he's not trying to press it too much. I think they'll be very competitive this year. I actually think they'll probably be really good. I- I'm expecting them to win six, seven, eight games this year. Uh, you know, when you get a guy like that coming in with that type of lineage, you look at his brother, you look at his dad, but also, you take the school, you get a kid coming in there with a lineage like that, you're hoping to get some maybe, hey, we might need something for the football team, why don't you throw us a couple of bucks? 
and I'm pretty sure Christian and Ed hadn't done bad for themselves in their lives. So that helps a lot, too. But, yeah, it puts uh, Conference USA on the map, and it just adds to recognition for Conference USA, and that's something they severely needed the past few years. Bob, it makes October the 2nd big. And this is the game that I've been concerned about, Heath, is that you you play Bama the week before, and depending on how that goes, you might be in the dumps, and then you got to go play Rice, which I was already kind of concerned to, you know, a, a slip game. But now, if possibly a McCaffrey is the is the uh, the starting quarterback for Rice, uh, that that's a crazy game on the road. Yeah, it is. And and look, Southern's always had a tough time with Rice on the road. That's right. Even when Southern is really good, they've really never just blown them out. It's a tough place to play. One reason is it's a big old stadium. They don't have hardly anybody to show up, so. If you're a player, it's kind of hard to get really, you know, excited when there's ten people watching you play. Yeah. And if they get a good team, it's just it's a, that's a tough place to play. It really is, and it's a tough environment because they don't have one. Hmm. I know that sounds funny, but when you don't have an environment, there's no energy in the stadium. It can be tough to play in that. About thirty seconds left, Heath. Uh, this was a, a watermark year for Conference USA baseball. Four teams uh, in the regionals, four top 20 ranked teams at the end of the season. What does the conference have to do to take a step forward in football? I think you have to get somebody in that top 12. You got to have a team go undefeated. Uh, you need a couple of teams like the Sun Belt had last year when you had uh, Louisiana Lafayette, Coastal Carolina, when you had that battle going on. You need something like that in Conference USA, almost the type of deal back uh, in Fedora's last year when you had Southern Miss and Houston going at each other. It, it The conference seemed to be moving up right then because you had two teams that were ranked. One team was playing for a BCS berth. The other one was trying to get into a BCS berth. That's what Conference USA needs. They need a couple of teams, two or three teams to step up and do that. All right, Heath, thank you. Heath Hinton, Big Gold Nation, everybody. We'll be right back. Kelly Sanders next. Southern Miss to the top. Always good having Heath Hinton in his weekly segment on the Eagle Hour, southernmiss.rivals.com. Be a member of Big Gold Nation today. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training. They're on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, 70-yard indoor turf running facility in D1 Training. Eight batting cages on the left uh, in DBAT. Summer camp's going on. You can find it all at dbathattiesburg.com, dbat and D1 Training on board here with us uh, with the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. First Bank been helping uh, Mississippi for quite a long time, over 100 years, and, of course, they are the proud home of the Perfect Ten. Reggie Collier, go see our friends at First Bank uh, today. A couple news and notes. Reed Trimble gathers another 
uh, All-American Award this time by the National Collegiate Baseball Writers Association, first-team freshman All-American for Reed Trimble from Brandon, Mississippi. It's his second accolade with such. Uh, led Southern Miss this year, batting average 345. Led him with 17 home runs and led the Eagles with 72 RBIs. And we're all praying something happens where he is not drafted in uh, the, the first two rounds. But if he is, he makes a lot of money and uh, great for him. And of course, we uh, we say that tongue-in-cheek. I always want the Eagles to, to do well. Southern Miss Lady golf coach Lacey Nunn-Burke is the 2021 Women's Amateur Champion. Shot a 75, 71, and 71. Uh, claimed a one-shot victory at Dancing Rabbit Golf Course over this weekend, bringing that amateur championship home to Southern Miss. Congratulations uh, to Coach Nunn-Burke, and uh, Lucy is the uh, state champion. And then Tyler Lance, Southern Miss pitcher, has been awarded a $4,000 scholarship from Conference USA. He's got a 375 GPA exercise science major and plans to attend the University of Medical Center and uh, become a physical therapist. So pretty pretty awesome stuff in the classroom. Kelly Sander joins us now. And, uh, Kelly, you got got a lot of things going on on this Tuesday. Yeah, just to, to follow up on a couple of things that, that you guys uh, talked about with Heath, you know, Luke McCaffrey, who mentioned going to Rice from uh, Nebraska and Louisville. Uh, Mike Bloomgren, the, the coach at, at Rice, certainly knows uh, the McCaffrey family well. He coached Luke's brother Christian at Stanford. But when you look at when you look at his you know, statistics, they're not great. I mean, he scored. He did have limited playing time. Scored four touchdowns, but threw six interceptions. So we'll see what impact um, he's going to going to have on Rice. But there's a family connection there with with Coach Bloomgren. That's why he winds up at Rice. And while the football conference of Conference USA might gotten a little better with Luke McCaffrey. It may have taken a hit on the basketball side with the news yesterday that UTEP's standout player Bryson Williams is transferring to Texas Tech. On that uh, on that transfer, Williams now headed to Lubbock. Last year for UTEP, he scored an average of 15 points a game and eight rebounds a game. He does have one year of eligibility left. Elsewhere in UTEP basketball, some Southern Miss ties to some personnel changes they've made. Caleb Villarreal has been named the Director of Basketball Operations for UTEP. He got his master's degree at Southern Miss. You might recognize the name uh, Caleb Villarreal because he also was on Doc Sadler's staff here at Southern Miss. And one other hiree for UTEP includes Butch Pierre, an assistant coach now at uh, UTEP. Butch Pierre graduated in 1984 at Mississippi State. He coached at uh, Louisiana Lafayette and at Charlotte and certainly uh, knows Southern Miss very well. So Butch Pierre, now also an assistant at UTEP. Southern Miss football got another commitment from another lineman. As you guys mentioned, Will Saxon, 6 feet 5, 315 pounds. He projects as a center or a guard out of Benton Academy. But that's two linemen. In the last couple of days that the Eagles have gotten verbal commitments from, both of them well over 300 pounds. One was 6'8", almost 6'9", Saxon at 6'5". So they've got some of these big linemen that they're signing. That's always good news. And finally, in a little bit about a lot of things, only one sport has television ratings that are on the upswing, up 12%, you guys. And I did not tell you in the commercial break what sport does have an increase in television ratings. Would you like to guess? Uh, synchronized swimming. Good guess, Bob, Indy but not car. correct. Luke? 
IndyCar. Not IndyCar, but close. NASCAR is up 12% in ratings, even from pre-COVID numbers. So I don't know what NASCAR is doing, but they must be doing something right as their television ratings are um, up big, 12%, considering most other sports are way down. But when you talk to NASCAR officials, they feel that one of the reasons that their NASCAR numbers are up in in the, uh, to quote one of the officials with NASCAR, we do our talking on the track and we leave politics at home. That's smart. There you go. That that would be good for all sports to keep in mind. Hey, Bob, uh, before we we hit this final segment, big shout-out. We talked about him yesterday. Um, Al Holder talked about him when he was eating his applesauce. Nick Sandlin gets his first career win last night, throws uh, an inning and two-thirds against the Baltimore Orioles. Three Ks, no walks, no hits, no runs. No one left on base. Good stuff from Nick Sandlin. And I think Al was right when he said if he stays healthy, he could become a superstar. Uh, in Major League Baseball, and of course, we hope that happens. All right, on the show tomorrow, we've got Patrick McGee, former baseball player Mark Maddox. We're going to work on getting you good guests each and every day as we move into the summer and get the countdown for football underway. Until tomorrow at 1 o'clock, Southern Miss. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.